This is our second session in the series called Battling Unbelief, subtitled Battling Unbelief for the Sake of Love, Holiness, and Sin-Killing. And one of the surprising things and perhaps disturbing things we saw last time that needs an explanation is that love is said to be, in 1 John 3.14, the evidence of new birth. We know that we have passed out of death, out of death, into life. In other words, we have eternal life. We're no longer doomed because of our sin and the wrath of God, because we know this, because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. So loving the brothers is evidence that confirms that we have passed out of death, which means our eternal life hangs on our loving others. If we don't love others, we don't have any compelling evidence that we have been born again. Similarly with holiness in Hebrews 12, 14, strive for peace with everyone and strive for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So we don't go to heaven and abide in the presence of the Lord forever, beholding his glory if we do not have holiness. And same thing with sin killing from Romans 8.13. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. This, this putting to death the deeds of the body are the killing of sin. If you kill sin, you will live. If you don't kill sin, but just give in to the flesh, and that's your style of life, and you're not making war on sin and putting it to death, then you will die. But if you do, you will live. And the question we raised at the end of last time is, how does all of that teaching that love and holiness and sin-killing are essential for final salvation relate to justification by faith alone, apart from works of the law? So, Father, as we look at these texts, teach us, teach our hearts and our minds how to rightly understand your word and apply it for the sake of your glory and our everlasting joy, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. So our justification, that is our right standing before God, our being declared just before God, is not dependent on works at all. We pursue love and holiness and sin-killing from a position of justification, not in order to get into a position of justification. By faith alone, apart from works of the law, God is 100% for us and not against us, and that's the only way we will make any progress towards sin-killing, holiness, or love. Or, here's another text to say the same thing, Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. By grace you have been saved through faith, 
by grace, free gift, through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. It's not works. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So we're not saved as a result of our doing. On the contrary, what? For we are his, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. So our new creation, new birth, as 1 John 3.14 would say it, produces good works. Good works don't get us into a position of being a new creation. Good works don't get us into God's favor. We are saved, justified, accepted, loved forever on the basis of Christ's righteousness received by faith alone. And on the basis of that, we pursue these good works for which we were created. Now, having made that as clear as I know how, I'm going to return and say, yes, love Holiness in life and sin-killing are essential if we're going to have eternal life because they are the confirmation that, in fact, we have been saved. We are justified. We are born again. So here's the way Paul says it when he puts them together. God shows you, 2 Thessalonians 2.13, as the first fruits to be saved— through sanctification. So, even though we're saved by grace through faith and have a standing with God that is completely accepted and loved and forgiven, now this salvation moves to glory through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. Sanctification is not optional. It is the pathway of salvation to heaven. Or first Peter one I mean second Peter one ten. Brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm keyword your calling and your election, your eternal being chosen by God and your your calling that his Holy Spirit gave you out of darkness into light. Confirm these two realities, for if you practice these qualities that he's just uh, given in, in verses 1 to 10, you will never fall. So the, the, the point of practice, love and holiness and sin-killing, is confirmation, not production. We don't produce our justification. We confirm our justification. The practice comes after and on the basis of our acceptance with God. Paul said that he was um, pursuing to make it his own because Christ has made him his own. That's Philippians 3.12, one of my favorite verses that I didn't create a slide for. <laughs> Here's the key. Galatians 5, 6. In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only, here's what counts, faith. What kind of faith? That works through love. Faith works through love. 
And so love becomes the evidence of an authentic faith. Or here's the way Paul puts it in 1 Timothy 1.5. The aim of our charge is love. That's what Paul's after. That's what I'm after in this series, love and holiness and sin killing. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart, a good conscience, and sincere faith. Love from faith. Faith producing love. Here's the way he puts it in 1 Thessalonians 1, 3. We remember before God and our Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus. I think work of faith means work that comes from faith, the kind of faith that produces labors of love and steadfastness of hope. Here it is again in 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 and 12. We always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good. So the, God is going to fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith. So by faith, we are laying hold on God's power to do the work of love and holiness and sin killing. Every work of faith by his power. So faith lays hold of this power for the sake of this work so that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you. He gets the glory when we use his power to trust him or when we trust in his power to do this work, he gets the glory. And then you in him, according to the grace of our God and, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Here it is in Romans 1.5. We have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith. This faith produces this obedience. Or as it says in Hebrews 11.8, by faith Abraham obeyed. By faith he obeyed. By faith he obeyed. This obedience is essential, but it would be dishonoring to God, useless for us, displeasing to the Lord Jesus if we tried to do this obedience any other way than by trusting in God's power. So summary, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's done. And the life I now live we all live, we move, we have our being, we do things. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We live by faith. Day by day, we trust in the promises and the power of God to enable us to do what we need to do. Which brings us now to this final question for next time. If saving faith is the kind of faith that produces love and holiness and sin killing, so saving faith is the kind of faith that produces holiness, love, sin killing, how does it do that? And how can we pursue its greater effectiveness in our lives? That's for next time. 
saving faith, I have argued, is prior to and the only thing that establishes us righteous before God so that he is 100% for us, then in that confidence, this faith produces love and holiness and sin killing, which confirm that the faith is real, that we're born of God, that we're united to Christ, and that we will make it to glory. How does faith produce these magnificent works? That's next time.